Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to poker tournament strategy. Now here's your host, Clayton Fletcher. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Fletcher in New York, and I'm not alone. Well, I am alone, but I'm joined via Skype by the legendary owner and co-founder of Tournament Poker Edge itself, a true legend of the game, Derek Killing Bird Tenbush. Derek, it's been a while. How you been, buddy? I have been so incredibly busy, but I'm very happy to be here. So Yeah, so you're in the alcohol business, right? Yeah, which is, lately has meant many late nights um, and long weekends, or long weeks and weekends. And I've also been streaming a ton. Uh, I've been helping out a fellow Stormer hosting her game. So I've been, I think I've now streamed for the last five days for like, you know, seven to ten hours a day. So I kinda, I'm kind of losing my voice. I'm exhausted. So if my voice cracks, I apologize in advance. But uh, I'm going to get some rest this weekend finally. No, your voice sounds uh, just as beautiful as always. Uh, you've been, so you're in the distillery industry, right? So you're making whiskey. That's correct. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's getting to be, you know, cooler temperatures is always bourbon season. Uh, and one of our biggest products is a is a eggnog that we put out for Christmas time. And that just hit the streets this week. So it's been a lot of uh, running around to stores and doing marketing and everything else. So, I love eggnog. You, you got to send me like a case of that, okay? It's so good, too. Yeah, I love eggnog, dude. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, my wife has a glass every single night. Not not to make her sound like an alcoholic. Well, too late, too late for that. So business is good, right? Everything's going yeah. well. Yep, business is very good, and it's it's also football season, which means my Sundays are all taken up, uh, which has meant a little less poker on Sundays. But uh, I've been busy watching the Miami Dolphins fall yeah. into into a funk with Tua out, but he's back this week, so good things are on the horizon. Yeah, so yeah, you're a big Miami Dolphins fan. Hashtag fins up. So it's football season. It is uh, eggnog season. It is bourbon <laughs> season. There's a lot of seasons happening. But what I'm most excited about, I'm going to let you make the big announcement, but we are doing a huge sweepstakes style giveaway. So tell the people what we have in store. Yeah, this is going to be fantastic. As a lot of people know, uh, I have a relationship with America's Card Room. I'm part of the ACR Stormers team. Uh, and they have been kind enough to bless us with a 2650 That's $2,650, not $26.50 <laughs> right. uh, Venom ticket. So for people who maybe don't play in America's Card Room, uh, it is a huge $5 million guaranteed tournament. It's a progressive knockout tournament this time. It does change, but this time it's a progressive knockout tournament. Um, and it's going to be amazing. So we're going to be giving that away on our Discord server. Now, there's probably going to be people listening to this who say one of two things. Either A, what is a Discord server? <laughs> or B, why have I never heard about this Discord server before? Uh, we created this actually a long time ago, but we never really utilized it a lot. Um, so we've kind of decided to... Especially now with the podcast getting more and more popular every episode, we want to we want to give people a place to go and just you know talk hands, talk life, connect with you, connect with me, sort of build the community up. Um, so we're, we're we're asking you guys to go join the Discord, uh, and that is where we will be doing the giveaway next week. 
All right, so you have to join the Tournament Poker Edge Discord server, and you can win a seat in the Venom PKO. Now, this is the tournament that you and I were talking about together uh, last year. I believe it was May of 2021, and I think I got like 65th place Mm -hmm. out of, I don't know, 7,000 players or something, some crazy number of (laughs) entries into this tournament. Uh, It's a big deal. It's a $5 million guarantee. Uh, First prize is over $1 million, at least it was last time around. So the Venom is probably one of the biggest online tournaments in the world, and you can play in it for free if you join the TPE Discord. We're going to put a link to that Discord server in the uh, description of this podcast. I'm also going to make it my uh, pinned tweet, and you're going to do the same, right, Derek? Correct. Yeah, so, look, guys, uh, it's a free shot at $2,650. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, this is probably the biggest giveaway we've ever done. Now, you do giveaways normally as part of your, um, your Tuesday night Killing Bird home game, but I don't think you ever gave away this much money before. No, this is by far the biggest I've ever given away. <laughs> I think I, I think at one of my charity streams I did a two fifteen ticket, but I think that's the biggest I've ever done. Uh, so this is pretty huge. I don't even get one of these. <laughs> I'm on Stormer's team and I don't get a twenty six fifty ticket. Um, and it's great because there's nothing required of you. You don't have to join any. Well, you have to join the Discord, but you know you don't have to to sign up for anything. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to pay to enter. You know, there's no requirements. All you gotta do is show up in the Discord server, keep an eye out uh, on there for an announcement, probably on Sunday night, uh, announcing how to get entered, and then we're gonna draw a random winner, and somebody's gonna be playing the 2650. And then of course, when they win it. They get to come on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. <laughs> of course, yeah. If you win the Venom, you get to be a guest on the TPE podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the least we can do. So They'll probably uh, be like, I got a million dollars. I don't need to come on any podcast. Yeah, right. Why do I want to do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, what's been going on? Did you have your charity stream yet for the, for the pups? I have not yet. It's coming up November 29th, uh, which is Giving Tuesday uh, in sort of fake national holiday, but I like to use it as the time where I do my charity stream. So yeah, this will be the eighth annual one. Um, I think in that time we've probably raised somewhere between twenty and $25,000 for Triangle Beagle Rescue, which for anybody who follows me on Twitter or socials or whatever knows that's a, an organization that my wife and I work closely with. Um, and it's a especially big one this year because they just went through a huge uh, operation to, to rescue, I believe it's 132 beagles from a facility up in Virginia that was shut down for for mistreatment of animals. Um, so, you know, we were able to take all those animals in, get them adopted, uh, but of course it was very expensive. So, uh, yeah, so I do this every year. It's an absolute blast. Uh, ACR gives me a bunch of stuff to give away. Uh, a 2650 ticket is not one of those things, but I will <laughs> have other ACR tickets to give away. Uh, and it's just always a fun stream. It's my favorite stream of the year by far. The next day is always a little rough on me, but that night of it is fun. Yeah, so the night of it, um, there is a lot of merriment. There is a yes. lot of drinking. Um, you know, and it's all for a good cause. So definitely want to plug that for sure. That is November 29th, did you say? Yep, November 29th. We usually kick it off around 5 p.m. Eastern, right around there. And it's also Tuesdays. 
it works out good because Tuesdays also happen to be the night of my private home game, so people can come participate in that. There'll be bounties in that tournament and other fun shenanigans, you know, last longers and whatever else we decide to throw in the mix. Um, so it's yeah, it's a really fun night. I almost always get dressed up at some point in the stream in something ridiculous. Uh, I've worn a mankini, I've, I've worn a tutu, I've dressed a, in a dress, uh, I've taken ice baths, uh, I've done it all. I've waxed my legs. Uh, it gets a little crazy, but well, I can't spoil what's going down this year, but it's going to be fun. It sounds like these uh, charity events cause you to somehow get in touch with your feminine side. So uh, <laughs> Usually. <laughs> you could say that that's all for the dogs, but I know better. <laughs> well, l- luckily, I've always kind of had, like, I used to play in, in a, essentially a hair metal band. So I, you know, I've worn eyeliner, I've worn <clears throat> skirts, I've worn nail polish so i think people think that i'm they're like oh my god this guy's crazy but i've been doing this my whole life this is right crazy. it's part of the culture in <laughs> the hair right. bands of the 80s right yep that's right <laughs> it's a beautiful thing so yeah, killing so bird that was that was the name of the band that you were in right Mm-hmm. yeah that's where the name came from i thought that was a great marketing thing for the band uh but i've kind of regretted it ever since because it's very confusing when people google me because they find band stuff and they find poker stuff oh right yeah (laughs) yeah i guess that happens with me too because i'm clayton comic but i'm also a poker guy so i'm a comedian and a poker guy and it's it's just confusing yeah too late to go back now though yeah no we're stuck with our with our usernames as they are uh i had a fun week i got to be a guest on jim jeffries's podcast it's called I Don't Know About That, and Jim Jeffries, obviously a big international celebrity comedian. He used to have his own show on Comedy Central. He's actually probably, you know, not probably, but by far the number one comedian in Australia, uh, and he had me on as a guest. And ev- the format of that show is that every week they they ask Jim about a subject he doesn't know that much about, and they give him like a, a quiz, and then he learns Something he didn't know already. I don't know about that. And this week the uh, topic was poker, so I got to quiz him on poker, and we talked, um, you know, about some poker fun facts and things like that. So if you guys haven't checked that out yet, definitely hit that up wherever you listen to podcasts. I D K A T. I don't know about that with Jim Jeffries, and you'll see me there. If you watch on Spotify, they actually have the video from YouTube, so you can watch and listen along with us so I, I thought that was a lot of fun a, a really good time yeah that's very cool i need to check it out i uh, i see clips of him all the time on tiktok yes i scroll tiktok uh and he's hilarious so i definitely need to check that out maybe i'll get to that this weekend now that i finally have a little downtime you scroll tiktok i didn't even know you were 15 i had no idea <laughs> i'm 15 at heart <laughs> yeah. i actually i actually post some content to tiktok uh i have a whopping i think 200 followers but hey you got to start somewhere that's right that's right focus on who you're following not who's following you that's my best advice for anyone in social media just make sure you're following the right people so that you're actually getting something out of it everyone's trying to grow their channel grow their stream grow their whatever but yeah i mean these things are only worthwhile if you're actually getting something out of it yourself so yeah definitely join our discord (laughs) as we we try to grow our discord (laughs) on that note let us give you the sales pitch (laughs) yeah 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 because you want to have your shot at the 2650 dollar free ticket to play in the venom pko Uh, i'll be playing i'm planning on playing this sunday the 23rd 
Uh, I'm hoping to make day two as I did last year. It was pretty exciting. And, you know, I'm not a big Twitch guy, but you are. And so you guys were following me on your Twitch channel, which was kind of innovative, I thought. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, now that I know you're playing, I might have to try that again. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, last time, I think at the end of day one, I was in first place, like yeah. the chip leader overall after day one. And I had already collected like 5,000 in bounties, went on to finish somewhere in the, like the top 80 or something and got like, I don't know. I think I won like 30K from that, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, probably the biggest score I've had in a while after the following World <laughs> Series of Poker. The, the next two World Series of Poker were kind of fails for me, and I, I don't really usually play that many high-stakes tournaments online. So I'm hoping I can uh, kind of repeat last year's success or maybe even top it this time around on ACR. That'd be amazing. The structure is so good in that tournament, too. It's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. I was reviewing some hands from last year, and it just seems like you stay on one level for a long time. It's pretty slow. And when the blinds do go up, they don't go up by that much. So it, it, it kind of crawls. And uh, that's what we want. You know, we want to have shots to, uh, you know, not have to just take a big coin flip for 2600 bucks, But, you know, just really be able to pick your spots. Be able to make the big lay down if you want to. As opposed to the turbo format when you just kind of have to push and pray. <laughs> the Venom is, is more similar to the... Uh, WSOP main event, but online. Yeah. Have you been playing live much recently? Uh, I did a little bit. I was supposed to have a gig actually in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina uh, a couple weeks ago, and then Hurricane Ian canceled my gigs for me. So I ended up going uh, to your favorite casino down there in North Carolina, the Cherokee. I, oh. I, <laughs> I ended up landing a gig in Tennessee, and on my way to Knoxville, I stopped by and I played in a little daily tournament at uh, the Cherokee Casino. My first time ever there. Really nice place. The people could not have been friendlier from the dealers to the uh, poker room uh, supervisors and all the players. Just everyone was so sweet and kind and just that southern hospitality. So it was nice and definitely a place I wish I would have had a little bit more more time to enjoy. But it was more like a passing through situation. I spent one night there and then had to continue on to Tennessee. But yeah, that was the only live event that I played in. It was a daily tournament. I think they got like 48 players and I finished somewhere in the middle, jumped into a cash game, had a good time playing some 2-5. They were putting the straddle on and everybody was drinking. Yeah. It's a festive atmosphere down there for sure. I love that casino. I'm actually thinking about going. Uh, the WSOP circuit is coming there in November, so I'm thinking about uh, finally coming out of retirement and, and playing some live poker for a change. <laughs> Who said you're in retirement? When, you, <laughs> when did you go into retirement? <laughs> it just feels like it because I don't. I, other than like local games and stuff, I don't think I've played a hand of live poker since the World Series back in November or whatever it was. Like not even the last one, but the one before that. <laughs> yeah, despite our best efforts, Derek did not make it to the, the the new home of the World Series of Poker, Bally's and Paris, soon to be Horseshoe and Paris. Yeah, he missed uh, this past summer. And yeah, so I guess you haven't played any live in quite some time. Yeah, I think I think that was my last time, if I can recall correctly. But uh, yeah, that Cherokee event, uh, the circuit event there is always, I think it's still the biggest one uh, of the circuit. And I think they do four of them now, which is kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about making a run. It falls around Thanksgiving, which makes it a little complicated. In fact, I think there's actually like tournaments on Thanksgiving. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna make a little run up there, and I know a lot of people from this area, but also just from the poker community who go to that one. So it's always kind of a nice little family reunion too. I'm just picturing like eating like five plates of turkey and then go trying to play a poker tournament afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too because my for the longest time, in fact, since the very first live poker tournament I ever played. My comfort food for after I bust a tournament has always been a hot, open-faced turkey sandwich. So uh, it's kind of appropriate, actually, that that I would be eating that on Thanksgiving and playing poker. I guess, and I'll probably is. need the comfort food. Yeah, for sure, most likely, <laughs> especially because you're so out of practice. So yeah, I don't oh, know if I remember how to play. Open-faced turkey. Is there gravy on that? Is there cranberry sauce? How does this work? I need more information. <laughs> It's basically, I think it's kind of a Midwest thing, and I'm, I'm originally from Michigan, so maybe that's why. It's basically just a piece of bread with turkey piled on, like like shaved turkey piled on top of it, and then gravy dumped over it. And sometimes they'll put it on like a bed of mashed potatoes, or sometimes the mashed potatoes will just be on the side. Of course, also smothered in gravy. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's like a turkey sandwich with gravy, but only one piece of bread. Hence the open face, I guess. So the sandwich was invented so that the Earl could play cards while he was eating. And <laughs> yes. this, thing, this thing is just not going to work at the table. I don't think so. No. no, but it helps you sleep after a bad beat. So Yeah, for sure. Take the edge <laughs> off. Well, Derek, yeah. I know you're busy. I want to be respectful of your time constraints. So why don't we get into strategy? Um, before we do, I just want to remind you guys about sitesoptimized.com. This is a guy, Danny, that I met in the Lucky Sevens tournament this summer when I did make it to Vegas, unlike Derek. I was in Vegas for the World Series of Poker, and Danny and I were at the same table, and after he busted me, he took me out of the thing on a bad beat, he told me that he had plans to sponsor this podcast, so we're very grateful for Danny giving us a shot. If you are in the market for... A, a new website for your business or if you have a business and you have a website already and you need SEO services search engine optimization Danny can help you get seen and, and help your business uh, to grow so get in touch with him at sitesoptimized.com alright so Derek let's talk what do you got for me tonight alright so this hand goes back a ways I tried really hard to play an interesting hand today in the tournament I was playing in, um, but unfortunately nothing interesting happened. So this one goes way back um, from my poker tracker. So I don't know what the buy-in for this is or those kind of details, but we got the important details, which are chip stacks and blinds and stats and all that fun stuff. So um, we are in the big blind in this hand. The big blind is 2,000, so 1,000, 2,000. And we start the hand with 86,240 tournament units. Uh, And we have the Queen of Hearts and the Ten of Spades. Um, Middle position makes it 4,000, so a straight min raise. And then it folds to us uh, in the big blind. He starts the hand with about 63K. uh, So he's got about 30 big blinds. Uh, We have like 43, I believe, if I have that right. Yeah, that sounds right. So we have him covered, but not by that much. And we've got a middle position open at a full nine-handed table, or? Looks like we have one empty seat right now, so we're eight-handed. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't see any reason to fold or three-bet this hand. I would put this strictly into my 
calling range. Obviously, with the min raise, we're getting a great price to just call and see the flop. True, we will be out of position, but we have queen 10, which is obviously a playable hand. And kind of depending on our read of our opponent, we can decide whether or not we want to fold if we make a pair or if it's the type of player against whom we just want to make a pair and then hang on for dear life, check, and never fold no matter what happens. Uh, <laughs> do we have any stats on him, by the way? Yeah, he's running, I would say, pretty middle of the road, or maybe what I would call reggie stats. He's 28-19 uh, with a 6% three bet. So not like spewing, but certainly not a nit either. Yeah, pretty loose, aggressive. I mean, I, I think anything above 24, you kind of get into the... Well, he's definitely taking a few liberties, right? Yeah. So, And certainly folded to a player like that in the middle position. They're going to have a lot of hands that they're going to choose to open if they're running 28 VPIP. So, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I still like calling and then, you know, maybe just seeing seeing what develops. I like it. For the record, too, in this tournament, we were running our usual nitty self. We're, we're running 11-7 <laughs> in this tournament. So just in terms of his you know, his thoughts on me and my thoughts on him, he might see us as a nitty player. Um, so, yeah, we do decide to just call. I agree with everything you said about just calling. I don't see any reason to three bet. Uh, we'll just take a flop and see how it goes. Cool. So 11.4K in the middle now after we call, and the flop comes Jack 3-9 Rainbow. Okay, so we open-ended, right? We've got a queen 10, and it's Jack 9 Trey, so we're open-ended with an overcard. Uh, I guess one question is, how likely do we think our opponent is to have hit any piece of this flop? Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, based on what we said, it's like it's likely enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can have all the Jack 10s, the Ace 9 suiteds, the Ace Jacks, uh, King Jack, Queen Jack. He can have Queen 10 as well, which is kind of hitting the flop like we did. Um, so, yeah, I think it's pretty likely. And I still think he'll also see bet his, like, ace-queens, ace-kings on this board. Yeah. All right. So I think we should always check. I agree. I think. So I was kind of wondering about this. I wonder how often we do lead boards like this. I can tell you that I almost never do. Or I shouldn't say boards like this. Boards where we flop this way. Um, Open-ended. Are people leading in this spot more than I think, or well, are they like they're just always checking here? So yeah, you know, I've been playing a lot with a solver, as you know, Derek. I've been fooling around a lot with um, Po, and what I'm finding is that we pretty much always—it's like 99.6 percent of the time. So for all intents and purposes, always check to the pre-flop raiser when we call from the blinds in a heads-up pot. Now, if the button had called or another player had come along, like say the small blind decided to call, like then we have a lot more leads um, on a on a wide range of boards. But most of those boards are going to have uh, you know not be rainbow boards. They're going to have two of a suit because you know you want to be able to set the price when you have a flush draw. So you also have to do so when you have like a set. Mm-hmm. As well, at least some of the time, kind of, it's always a mix. You know, GTO is always a mix. Not always, but a lot of times it's a mix. But yeah, when your head's up, the solver just basically always wants to let 
the pre-flop raiser bet the flop if he wants to. So we don't really have any leads here in a heads-up situation. All right, good. Then I've been doing that part right because I, yeah. I think I I think I never lead here. Yeah, you're too um, nitty to lead. <laughs> like maybe super deep, but not at our stack depth. Yeah, even you know I, I mean I guess I'm not really playing with the solver too much like at 500 big blinds or a thousand big blinds, but even like you know substantial stacks like 150 or 200 blinds. We really don't have any leads in heads up pots when we're out of position. Got it. All right, I like that. Uh, so we do go ahead and check, and he bets four thousand into the eleven point four k pot, which kind of brings us to our second decision point, which is what I was looking at in this spot was check raise or just call. I mean, we're certainly not folding, right? Yeah, no, we can't fold, especially for this great price that we're being offered. I mean, I kind of prefer a check calling. In this situation, we have a draw to the nuts. Um, there's a lot of value in just making that uh, making that draw and hoping that our opponent has a very strong second best hand, right? For example, mm-hmm. if the uh, suppose the eight of spades comes off on the turn, giving us the nuts, and our opponent has a hand like jack eight, you know, we can make a lot a lot of money that way. Yeah. Right. So, or nine eight is probably a better example because if we check raise, that hand might end up folding, and it, there's so much more value in making the nuts when you have a draw to the nuts. It's it's often correct to not use it as a semi bluff. There's a lot more value, in other words, um, betting an open ender on a paired board, or check raising with an open ender on a paired board, than there is uh, in a situation like this one where we actually have a draw to the nuts very often when you have a draw to the nuts it's best to try to go ahead and hit that hand cool that sounds right to me i um i do i when i was looking at his hand earlier i did kind of think about the fact that if he were shorter because it he makes it four if we make it 12 or whatever just to make up a random number we're, then we're kind of just going with it but if he was shorter like he had 30k to start this hand I could just see maybe just check jamming, maybe? Yeah, I mean, check jamming against a short-stacked opponent is a very different situation because you're just going to gonna have so much fold equity when you start to threaten someone's tournament life. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I agree with you, Derek. If you make it 11 or 12 here and then he goes all in, it's like, well, we have so much equity – yeah. That we probably just have to call off, which is why it's such a disaster to check raise. You're probably better off just waiting to see if we can get there first. You're like, we had a king on the turn and this guy's got king jack. We're going to get all those chips anyway. But this yeah. way we can save those chips for those times when we brick off, which we're going to do a good amount of the time anyway. Cool. I like it. I do go ahead and just call. I'm just... I'm getting an A on this hand so far. I like yeah, it. so far I love it. Yeah, <laughs> great. Uh, all right, so now there's 19.4K in the middle, uh, and the turn is the Ace of Clubs. So the board now reads 9-3, Jack, Ace, two clubs now. Okay, so backdoor clubs coming in, but we're not too concerned about that because, I mean, wait, do we have a club in our hand? We do not. Yeah, so even so, it's just, you know, what what – does he have that he opened that doesn't have an ace in it? Maybe like a king, queen of clubs, I guess. But yeah, I think that his flush draws that he's picking up here are a tiny part of his range, despite the fact that we don't block flushes 
or flush draws at all. Mm-hmm. I think that um, you know the ace, you know, hot and cold is a better card for opponents' reigns range than it is for us as uh, a caller from the from the big blind being really priced in pre-flop. So it's probably a card that he's going to continue on a lot. It, it's a good second barrel card for villain in yep. his hand. So therefore, we might want to go for the check shove now on the turn because he's probably going to rep that ace whether he has it or not. I'm glad you said that because I kind of felt the same way in hindsight. Um, I'll give you the action. He bets seven. We check. He bets 7,000, um, which kind of feels weak to me. Tiny. Uh, yeah, that's very small. Um, I mean, I guess it could just be like going for super value, but it also doesn't feel like he's setting up a river jam because even if I call here, there's going to be about 20, 17, like 30K in the middle, and he's got 48K behind or whatever. Um, so I don't know. It feels really weak to me, and I think in hindsight I wish I had jammed here. Um, yeah. I did not. I opted to just call, uh, which I guess is certainly second best because we're getting such a good price. We're not folding. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's plus EV to call this tiny bet with your open ender, right? I mean, if we make a straight on the river, it's still going to be the nut straight, right? It's not like yeah. you're really losing anything that way. The only problem is occasionally you might make a straight with a flush card. And that could either kill your action or actually give your opponent that rare, better hand. But yeah, like I said before, I don't feel like flushes are a big thing for us to worry about in this in this situation, especially given that it's a backdoor flush draw coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think check calling is totally fine. But yeah, just because I think that our opponent is going to lead or going to represent that ace so often, that that's why I kind of want to check jam. But honestly, Derek, look at this tiny bet. What's he really repping? You know, is he? I don't know. Like, is he really trying to bluff us for seven k? That seems I, peculiar. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it. Like, I, I mean, I guess I might do what he did with something like a set of aces, for example, because I mean, I know that's giving him a very narrow range, but I'm just trying to think of put myself in his shoes. The card looks scary enough to me already anyway, and the fact that he has two aces means he knows I don't, probably don't have one. So he's just trying to, like, milk a little bit of value for me with, like, a jack or maybe, like, 9-10 or something. That's the only thing I can really think. So, I don't know, it kind of feels like either he's just trying to get me to fold for cheap or he's trying to milk me. And bring me along. <laughs> you know, we usually say that this is interesting, Derek, because we usually say that the really big bets are the ones that polarize ourselves, right? We like if if someone's polarized, it's usually because he's made like an over bet. And now here you're saying that this tiny bet is polarizing <laughs> in a in a strange way. That's unusual. Yeah, at least in my head when I'm looking at it. Like I, I'm trying to think of what he's. I'm trying to think of what he's doing there. I mean, I guess it could also just be like a weak ace or something where he doesn't want to really commit a lot of money to it, but he thinks he might have the best hand. I don't know, sort of a feeler bet, I guess. Yeah, or maybe he wants to bet a a small amount on the turn because he's hoping that... He's worried that if he checks on the turn that you're always going to bet the river and he doesn't want to have to call 
with a marginal hand. So he's mm-hmm. trying to keep the lead in the in the hand, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, so that seven thousand is unusual no matter what he has. Yeah, I would agree. Um we do decide to just go with the call, like I said. Um which I think is fine. It I, is. I sure. Yeah, it, I, 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 we could argue whether a check raise is better, but I, I think it's I think it's fine. Yeah. Um so now there's thirty three point four K in the middle. And the river is the king of clubs, bringing in the backdoor flush, but giving me the nut straight. Okay. So, like I've been saying all along, if that flush comes in, I just said a second ago, what if we make our straight with the flush card? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and I didn't I didn't show this hand to Clayton before the podcast either. I yeah. usually give him a, I give, usually give you the hand, but this time I didn't. So it was uh, it was interesting that you were saying that. I was giggling to myself. Yeah, yeah. So we've just been talking <laughs> through it kind of in, in real time here. As Derek mentioned, he's been so busy, we didn't really get a chance to do our usual um, pre-show prep or whatever. So, yeah, I'm kind of hearing this along with all of you. Again, though, I don't think that there's too much to worry about in terms of what flushes are we losing to? Like, yes, of course, he could have a hand like the 8-7 of clubs, right? Like, it's certainly within the realm of possibility that our opponent could, you know, possibly have a flush here. But because we know where the ace of clubs and the king of clubs are, that just makes the overall range... Um, just not that flush heavy. So mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, I would treat this um, as though I have the nuts and not worry too much about what possible flushes I could be losing to in this spot. What do you think? Uh, I think I agree with you. Um, yeah, there's some things like Jack-10 sure. clubs and stuff. I mean, there's a bunch of clubs he could have, but, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, if I got that unlucky, then so be it you know (laughs) yeah you know um but yeah i think i I agree with you and i guess that if we if we're assuming we have the nuts a huge percentage of the time what does that mean for our action here do we i mean do we want to be bleeding here yeah i mean it's a it's a strange spot for, for us to lead it's very hard to get action when we go check call check call lead which has been the action in this Spot, especially when that's such a scary river. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess if our opponent has two pair and we bet small enough, we can probably get looked up a lot. But the way our hand has been played thus far, it really does feel like we have a draw. And now every draw got there. So for that reason, yeah. I think the best play is to just check and hope that our opponent will... Try to value bet a hand like three aces, like you mentioned. He might bet really small on the turn with that hand, not wanting to lose us. But also, if we check again, he's probably going to bet it again because it's too strong to check behind. Right. Um, So that's one way to play it. Or also, we could check and hope that he's been bluffing this whole time, and we'll just see that king of clubs is such a perfect scare card to bluff again, Um, in which case... I don't know, is check raising or check calling best? I don't really know. But I think that um, on this river, if we just come out with a lead, it would have to be pretty small. And I think we're better off just checking and hoping that he um, you know, goes for the gold and we can, we can snap him off. Excellent. I agree with you, and I passed the test again because I, do, <laughs> I did check, <laughs> I'm happy to say. Um, and I guess somewhat interestingly, he... 
goes for a bigger sizing now. Um, he's been betting pretty small up till now. He now bets 16.7K uh, into 33K. So now, so now I guess the question is what you kind of just brought up. Is there any value in shoving here? Um, because do we ever get called by worse? I guess is the question. I yeah. mean, I guess the set of aces is kind of the thing, I guess. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, we... if if you think that his line makes sense for a set of aces, also considering how much of his stack he's already put into the middle here, you know, we probably could get value from a set of aces, despite the fact that he has to fear the straight and the flush. It's just, I don't know. I mean, depending on what tournament you're playing, like you, you don't have the the luxury of knowing exactly what the buy-in is. But generally speaking, at the time when you played this tournament, you were mostly playing tournaments like around the $20 or less, right? Yeah, yeah. My guess is this is probably like an 11 maybe a 16 50 Something like that. Yeah, so given that, I think we can get more value. You know, players in those tournaments aren't as good at folding big hands as players in the $2,650 Venom PKO that you can be eligible for your own entry (laughs) to if you follow us on Discord using the link in the description of this podcast. But yeah, it's it's a different player pool, right? Generally speaking... Mm -hmm. Uh, you can get more value with a check raise from a player in this tournament than you would from a, a high stakes tournament where they can kind of make the big laydowns that they need to make. Um, yeah, I guess I would check shove here. And, you know, I know that sometimes I'm going to lose to a flush, but because the ace of clubs and the king of clubs are on the board, and he can see that too. So that means we both don't have that many flushes in our range even when we do go for the check raise. So, yeah, I would yeah. I would check raise and try to get value from a hand like three of a kind. Cool. A plus for Killing Bird today because I went for the check ra- check jam. On the downside, we will never know what he had. He folded. Because he folded. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I, yeah. I, you gave yourself an A plus. And, Derek, I think this is the first time. <laughs> I've I've ever given you an A plus for a hand that we talked through. I really don't agree uh disagree. I don't disagree with any of the decisions you made in this entire hand. I love it. I love the way you played this hand. Good job. Alright, so maybe I am ready for my return to the live poker felt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I won't have the HUD to help me, but that's okay. I'll right. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, so he folded uh and then we uh we took down a nice little sixty six K pot. And uh, we're now second in chips at the table. Fantastic. Don't, don't know what happened after that, but I hope it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you can look up that whole tournament and we can talk through the rest of the hands and see how you did in there the $11 tournament that you played two years ago or something. <laughs> <laughs> this might have been that long ago, too. It's scary to think. All right, so what else do we have to plug before we say goodbye? We've got the, the charity stream for the uh, Triangle Beagle Rescue. Did I say it right? You sure did. All right, Triangle Beagle correct. Rescue on November 29th. It's always a great time. You know, Do something good for dogs that we love. You know, Derek only loves beagles. He hates all other dogs. <laughs> That's so, right. Just to be clear. My friends tell me that all the time. They're like, why do you hate all other dogs so much? I'm like, I love all dogs. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. But I, obviously, you know, these dogs were being mistreated. You help them. 
Um, you know, ACR is involved. They give you some prizes to give away as part of the stream. It's always a good time. We definitely go big for this one because it's for the animals. Um, so that's um, November 29th, which is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, and what else do you have coming up that people should know about? Um, man, that's really it right now. Um, I do have a, a leaderboard running right now for my stream where you can win a really badass trophy. Um, we're only three weeks in. It goes for nine weeks. So if people want to still get involved in that, plenty of time to get points and win that leaderboard um, and, and try to get that Killing Bird trophy. So, of course, that's for my home games every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Wait, I won that. Do I have points towards that trophy myself? Oh, I think you won it the week before the, the week leaderboard bo- started. <laughs> it, it sounds like I'm making a joke, but I actually think that's true. I think you won the week before the leaderboard started. Okay. okay. But that's better because that means you don't have to show up every Tuesday to try to win. <laughs> Once you get pot committed towards winning that Killing Bird trophy, it's really hard to uh, get out of it. You know, like you just feel like you have to go for it. Yep. You're already halfway there. All yeah. right. But yeah, the the biggest thing is definitely to head over to the Tournament Poker Edge Discord, as Clayton said, links in the uh, description. But you can also get it over at the Tournament Poker Edge Twitter or my Twitter, or you can DM us, whatever you want to do. We'll have a link for you. Um, get over there, get signed up. It's going to be super easy. It's free, and you might win a twenty six fifty ticket from ACR. Yeah, and if you don't know what Discord is, that doesn't matter. Just click the link, and it's pretty easy to uh, sign up for your own Discord account. It's similar to Slack for those of you who have office jobs and you use Slack when you work at work from home. There's just a lot more functionality. Discord is, uh, you know, really great kind of uh, software, I guess, to help you uh, communicate with people. And the Tournament Poker Edge Discord is going to be very important, not only for this particular giveaway of a Venom seat that we're doing, but also for other upcoming things. We're going to be using the discord more and more so if you're a fan of tournament poker edge or of this podcast you want to join our discord sooner rather than later and you will have a shot at a buy-in to the five million dollar guaranteed venom on acr it's gonna be amazing i can't wait um and yeah we'll post all the details up in there on sunday night about how to get entered and uh, when we'll be drawing the winner and all that fun stuff so just make sure you stay tuned yeah so check us out on twitter at tournament poker edge Derek, uh, your your Twitter is Killing Bird with, with like a number one or something, right? Uh, it's actually at Derek Tenbush. Oh, oh, um, okay. But it but it says Killing Bird. Okay. My handle yeah. is Killing Bird. But yeah, uh, find me over there or all the right. Tournament Branch or it's on the forums too. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, if you're listening to this, you should know how to find us. Anyway, we'll put a bunch of links in the description of this podcast. We want one of our listeners to win this twenty six. $150 Venom PKO seat. So join the Discord using the link in the description to this podcast. Derek, thank you so much. I know you're busy. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on tonight. Yeah, thank you, Clayton. It was great to catch up. Always fun to jump on the show, and uh, I look forward to me and you celebrating with a winner soon. Yeah, sounds great to me. So for Derek Killingbird, Tenbush, for Danny at SitesOptimized.com, for all our friends at America's Card Room, and for everyone here at Tournament Poker Edge, I'm Clayton Fletcher. Thank you so much for listening. I wanna hold them like they do in Texas, please. 
hold up, let up, hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. Lock in intuition, play the cards with babes to start. And after she's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on her heart. It's not rough, it isn't fine. 